Today we will continue in the series Prepare Yourself and this is Fellowship Week 5. Okay, so just a, re- a little recap from last week. We define fellowship as the Greek word is koinonia, which is partnership, social intercourse or oneness, communion, which is the sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. And what we talked about last week is that the believers spend a lot of time together, daily actually in the temple, in homes, getting to know one another, and they ate and they prayed together. They were like-minded, having the same love, putting each other first. They were in one accord and in one mind. They understood the love of God, the need for each other to have unity or oneness through fellowship of the faith, which came through the knowledge of the Son of God. That means you got to know Him. And as you know Him, you understand what it means to be in the body and to have not only fellowship with Him, but to have fellowship with each other. And they have the same mind. And as Jesus That same mind we have to have, it says, have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And what was that mind? He humbled himself. He had the interests of others at heart by doing the Father's will and not his own. By doing the Father's will, he was able to execute and put into effect a new covenant, which was to benefit the man who was lost. So he didn't put his needs first. He put the needs of our needs the needs of the Father, what the Father required before His own need. And that is the love of God. That is what koinonia is, fellowship. When you're part of the body, you have to put the needs of the body before the own needs. So whatever we do, we do to benefit the whole. So we're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 today. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to start at verse 1. We're going to go 1 through 8. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Now before I continue, this is, if you go back to verse 31 of 1 Corinthians 12, he talked about desiring the best gifts, but then he said there's a more excellent way. There's a better way. And then he goes on talking about love. And you see how love ties in to the gifts. Verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long, is kind, Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity. But rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. But whether they are prophecies they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. So we're reading this, and it talks about, as we just read, 
even though I have there, we know about, we talk about positions in the body and we talk about the gifts. But I say, even though all my gifts are in operation and I don't have love, it profits me nothing. It's useless. Because when we talk about koinonia, fellowship, it talks about, the, the, talk, the love here is your motive for exercising the gifts. Because it says here, verse 4, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. Love suffers long and is kind. There's a lot of stuff you got to put up with. Love suffers long and is kind. Even when people irritate you, you gotta, sometimes you've got to suck it up and put up with it. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love does not seek to what? Promote itself. Does not seek to show off or show out. It's not puffed up. Love is not full of them. A person is not full of themselves, full of pride. Verse 5. Love does not behave rudely. You don't put your needs before the needs of others. You're standing in line. You don't push people out of the line so you can get in front of them. One thing in the world, we understand the world, people in the world would do that. But that should not be in the body. You're supposed to let, you supposed to put the needs of others before you own. So obviously, what you're going to do, you're going to let them go first before you, you go. Oh, no, no. You'll be fighting over each other to let each other go first. That's what we ought to be doing in the body. It's not about let me get my piece of fried chicken before you. Verse 5. As I said, it does not behave rudely. does not seek its own. It's not provoked. Thinks no evil. It's easy. People can rub you the wrong way because of their selfish attitude. Does not think no evil. Because when somebody rubs you the wrong way, the first thought comes, you start having, you may not have a, wholesome thoughts about what you would like to do to that person. They're dead to me. They need to get out of my face. Never come back in my house. Oh, that's the way you want to be? Don't ever come back to my house. Oh, I'll never give you a ride again. Thinks no evil. Verse 6. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. You don't get happy when somebody is getting there, what they deserve. When you see somebody who have wronged you, Finally getting theirs, you don't rejoice about it and have a party. So you are happy because that person is in trouble because of what they have done to you in the past. No, that's not the attitude we ought to have. Love never fails. But whether they are prophecies, he said these gifts will pass away. One day, all these gifts will be done away, but love will never ever pass away. Because there comes a time where once we are in Christ and we are translated and we are all in our heavenly bodies, there we no longer need for gifts in operation anymore. Because we will actually be in with Him and the Father. There's no need for a gift of prophecy or a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. But the love of God will always be with us. Because that never fails. Because God is love. So as I said, the gifts are important. But they must be exercised by love. And that love is the love of Jesus. Exercise what? What is that love? Humility. Obedience. And seeking to do the will of the Father to benefit others and not oneself. To have fellowship requires us to walk in love. Which is laid out in verse 4 through 8. As I just said there. 
You have to be patient with people. Some people get angry. Oh, I don't like the way they treated me. So I'm not coming back. That's it. You're not walking in love. You're easily offended. When you're in a family, husband, wife, kids arguing, do they just pick up and leave and don't come back? No. You work things out. You work things out. That's what it is to be in the body. You're part of a body. The, the, the arm can't get upset with the, with the toe and say, I'm gonna, and, and, and the toe says, well, forget about it. You upset with me. I'm just going to leave the body. No, you can't. You got to stay and work it out. You got no choice. Because you're attached to each other. You need each other. Because the body can function, the arm can't leave, or the, or the toe can't leave, or the foot can't leave, because it's offended. Because when you do that, the body is the whole body is affected. So you've got to work it out. So if, that's why it's saying here, love suffers long, and it's kind, it's not envious. So we have to have a thick skin being in the body. Somebody upsets you, you don't just disappear, or they, they don't, or they're not singing right. Oh, they're not doing this, or they're not doing that. Do you hear what, are you hear what that person is? Mm. It's a critical spirit. Therefore, what are you doing to make the body better? You're pointing out all the things you don't like. What are you doing to make the body better? Selah. Mm. Usually the ones who are very critical are, are not contributing anything to the whole. Because they're, they're, they're there for what they can get. Mm. They're there to point out everything that's wrong. But what is wrong with really with the picture? The, what's wrong is that they don't know how they fit. And they forget the gifts because there are no gifts in operation. You don't even know how you fit in the body. How, are you gonna, how your gifts are going to be in operation when you're not even functioning in, in, in the body? Alright, let's go to Romans, Romans chapter 12. So he's talking about pursuing love and desiring spiritual gifts. He talked about that further. You pursue the love of God and you desire the gifts. Because when you love, it's not, it's not hard for the Lord to, re to reveal things to you. Verse 9, Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Oh my God, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly and affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, prefer giving preference to one another. Woo. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints. Given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. And if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Now we read these things. It's amazing how quickly, I'm not saying we do it. But I'm saying before the Lord was dealing with me. 
you read these things and you leave and it just you go out in the world or whatever and these things just out of your mind and you just revert back to your your, your natural self your flesh really just like that because I remember there are times you know you hit the parking lot don't you walk before you walk out the door sometimes somebody rub you the wrong way and that's just in the body that's not even outside and sometimes in the body you're not even expecting it that person could have had a bad day but what do you do do you allow offense to sting you? Do you allow it? You see, you have to receive the offense. And for anything to have power over you, you have to receive it. And the reason why many adults are messed up is because the people who have planted seeds of discord in them are people they trust and love. People you love and trust. And you open your heart and they start dumping garbage in it. So you receive the offense because you're young and it impresses and it, 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 it affects the person that you as you grow up. But now we are in Christ. We are not supposed to allow those things to have us anymore in bondage. And the reason why we are still in bondage is because we have not released those things. It's easy to say. Trust me, it's easy to say. And I'm not saying it's easy. Because I remember, not too long ago, <clears throat> I distinctly remember something somebody said to me. I remember where in Trinidad, I think I was walking to school. And I remember, out of my heart, I'm sharing something with someone. Because, not trying to sound intelligent, because I want to share it. And the response from the person stung me, because I wasn't expecting it. Because when you're sharing from your heart, you open your heart. So you're sharing from it. And the response can sting you because your heart's open. And you, and you, of course, we are reciprocal beings. You open your heart to share, but you're not expecting to be stung. You expect appreciation for what is God because you, you're sharing from your heart. So just imagine like me sharing from my heart. And you all get up and start giving me attitude. Now I have, to I have to make sure I don't receive what is being said to me. Because if I receive it, it's mine. And that will have power over me. The same thing in the body. It says here, you have to be kind, affectionate to one another. With brotherly love. Honoring, giving preference to one another. Because if I am selfish and I am rude... And I don't take your feelings or whatever in consideration. Because many people in the body, you have to be careful how you talk to them. They're not mature enough to handle what you have to say. They get offended. And you never see them again. Because of what you said. Sometimes you're preaching the word. And they swear you're attacking them. But it's not you. It's the spirit. It's their heart being convicted of what, of what the word is saying. So they take it personally that you are attacking, but that's not the case. I don't know what your business is. I don't know what's going on with you. But what does that show? That shows the immaturity of the, of the believer. Because when you're in a body, in a family, you can't just get up and walk away. You have to work things out. And if you can't, you can't grow. Because you can't, you're not walking in love. There's another scripture that says, uh, uh, I'll get to it, but it talks about when you walk in the light, as he's in the light, he talking about we have fellowship one with another. 
and the blood of Jesus cleanses us of all unrighteousness. When you are upset, you aren't walking in the light. You're walking in darkness. And if you're walking in darkness, how can you have fellowship? You can't. So we, that's why it says, that's why the Bible talks about be angry and sin not. Because if you allow the sin, the anger, to cause you to sin, it, you, you, you're in darkness. And you, you, you're in darkness. You're not walking in light anymore. And you are exposed now to the enemy. You're an open target. Because he will use you to affect others or hurt others in whatever way. That's why, you know, in the world we have the, the craziness that's going on in the world now. You have people who are lost. Being manipulated by the, by the powers of darkness. They already have the, the darkness in them because they are, they're lost. And now they've been manipulated. Telling them that they're not loved. Oh, you, oh, you, oh, oh, yeah, well, the bullying, what is the bullying, where does bullying come from? Why does someone bully somebody else? Because they are hurt, they are inadequate in something in them, trying to make them feel superior to someone else. And then you have a pack mentality. So you have three, four, five, six, picking on this one person who's already insecure in themselves. And the ones who are picking on the insecure ones are also insecure in themselves. And the one who feels he has no other option... But to show up and start shooting and killing people, that's what he does. But they are all lost. They are all lost. All walking in darkness. But we are not like the world. We are not like the world. We and the body are not supposed to be like that. We're not supposed to take offense. We have to grow up. That's why it says. The preaching, all the gifts, the gifts that were given in the body, is to mature the saints for the work of the ministry, so that we grow into the perfect, into a perfect man in Christ. That we are no more babes. We have to t- 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 uh, toughen up. We have to mature. Our thinking has to change. We can't be easily offended or easily ang- angered and walk away and want to retaliate. That's not the mind of Christ. That's not the love of God. Our love must be genuine can be hypocrisy. I remember back in the day when we used to go to another church. People showing up in church. But why, why, what's their motive to be there? Handing out their business cards. Telling them about their business. They're not there for the word. They're there to make contacts. They're there for their benefit, not for the benefit of the body. We see that all the We see that. Everyone has a motive. Because I say everyone has a motive doesn't mean it's all bad. Some has a good, some has bad. Some of them, what is your motive? What is my motivation for for being in the body? To edify the body. It wasn't always like that. So that's why I have to have compassion on others. Because I, I used to be where they are. So I don't judge them. But I have to know them by the Spirit. To know if they're there to take advantage of me or the people in the body. I have to know that. And not only me, we have to know that. The mature ones. You have to, it says, what do they say about Christ? Even though we live with Him. We don't know Him after the flesh. We know Him now after the Spirit. And that's how we have to know each other. Yes, we know each other by the flesh. Yeah, I know what takes off Sister Merle. I'm I'm not going to do that. But I know I have to know her by the Spirit. I know if I say something, I may not say it intentionally, she might get upset. But I know her heart. She will tell me, 
Well, you know, you... And she will tell me, but I won't take offense. And I know she won't take offense because she knows my heart. And I know her heart. You see? So that's, there's a difference. So we, for, we forgive because we know each other by the Spirit. We know each other's heart. We know each other's motivation. But that only comes through koinonia. Spending time together. It's like a husband and wife. You know each other by spending time together. And even though, you know, she would upset me and I'll upset her, we work it out. And you all are no different. You're right? So I don't just know you guys today. But you see, you, you all know my heart and I know your heart. That's what koinonia is. You know each other after the Spirit. Because if we all have off days. We're not on top of our game every day. I'm sorry. I'm not a, if anybody thinks I'm top of my game, I'm not ashamed to say I'm not. I am not on top of my game every day. And if you tell me you are, I'll tell you right in your face. Uh, you are misspoken. I won't say you're lying. You're misspoken. So our love must be genuine. It can't, love is not hip- hypocritical. You can't have an uh, underlying motive. How can your gifts operate when you have an underlying motive? You're not there for the body. You're there for yourself. You understand? You have to, you have, to have a pure heart. <coughs> and when you're serving God. Because you're not only you're serving God. You're serving the, the members of the body. We must reject evil and embrace what is good. We must not align ourselves with others for our own advantage. Oh my God. Out of mercy. I'm not even going to touch that. You align yourself with others for your own advantage. Well, let me hook up with this one. Let me show this one a nice, you know, let me be nice to them because I might need them in the future. That's not the love of God. That is not the love of God. That is manipulation. So people tell me I'm too serious. But I don't know any other way. If I want to get something done, I have to be serious about it. It says here, what? Not, in verse 11, not lagging in diligence. You've got to be diligent about what you're doing. You can't slack off and just... You have to be diligent. Fervent in spirit. You have to have some fire about what you're doing. You can't do, just do things any old way. When you're at a job, you just don't do what you have to do just to get by. Because that stuff will burn you eventually. You want to do it with excellence. And as I tell people at my job, I say, what I do, I do as unto the Lord. My boss benefits from it. Because I have to answer to him. I represent him. I don't represent the company. I represent him. And when I work as unto him, everybody benefits. The company benefits. So that's what I said. Not lagging in diligence. You've got to be on top of your game. You're doing something, do it right. Be fervent in spirit. Have a fire for what you're doing. Serving the Lord. But it's not only the Lord. When you serve the body, you are serving the Lord. So when you're, when you're in the body, you come, to, you come to the body, you are on top of your game. You're greeting or whatever it is you're doing. You're doing it with excellence. Not to impress people. To impress Him. Because it says prefer others better than yourself. So you're going to treat the body better than you're treating yourself. Or even as good as you treat yourself. So you come there with your A game. 
Why? Because you want to treat the brethren right. So I have to lay off my wife. When she wants to use the silverware, and I say use the plastic. <laughs> but that's why she uses silverware. She wants to treat people right. She wants to treat them special. So forgive me, I won't bug you anymore. <laughs> but I'm thinking easy. But she's not thinking easy. She's thinking to treat people right. Treat people right. That's an excellent spirit. So you've got to have diligence about it. Be fervent. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Oh my God. Patient in trouble. Not only your trouble, in other people's trouble. You've got to be patient with them. Because we tend to give up on people when they're going through the drama. Look, you weren't through this too long. I ain't got no time. I ain't got no time to invest more time to invest in you. You're on your own. No, we got to be patient. But they got to be doing their part too. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to help you. But I, I'm not carrying you. The Lord has to carry you. But you got to do your part. You got to step out in faith. You got to seek the Lord. But I'm here to help you. You're the one in trouble, not me. But if I'm in trouble, I'm expecting the same. To edify one another. Right? We're in this together. I'm sorry. When the toe hurts, every, the whole body hurts. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. When you're in trouble, if, so, if nobody knows, how, how are we going to pray for you? I don't even know how to pray sometimes. Unless the Holy Spirit laid on my heart, pray for this person. As Jeanette will say sometimes, the Lord just put it on her heart to pray for somebody. May not tell her exactly what it is, but that's good that she's been obedient. But sometimes that's what, that's what we... That's what we have to do because we don't, people don't like to talk about their drama. You know, you work it out. You try, and, you try and pray. You try and stand in faith. But it's okay to let people know, hey, I need you all to pray for me. Pray for me for X, Y, and Z. And if we can help, we will help you. But that's what the body is supposed to do. Verse 13. Distributing to the needs of the saints. Giving to hospitality. Hmm. When I read the, def- I read the uh, what, definition of hosp- hospitality, it says what? Entertain strangers. You put the needs, you, you, st- you think about the needs of the guests. <laughs> That's hospitality. You think about the needs of the guests. You don't just, co- oh, you know what, they come into my house. I'm just giving them, you know what, let me go to ShopRite and get the, uh, what's the, oh, what juice on sale? Oh, that cheap juice there, let me get that. Let me get that for them. And let me buy some dollar crackers and give them that. But you have the good stuff in your cupboard. Oh, I ain't giving them that. They don't, they don't deserve that. I keep in the good stuff for me. I'm giving them the... But that's what... Remember the, the parable, the, the first miracle Jesus did? He said, you all, you all left the good wine for the end. Normally they leave the bad wine for the end. But you all left, kept the good stuff for the end. God don't make crap. God, God makes the good stuff. And, that's, and, and what did he give them? He gave them the good wine. The better wine. That's how we're supposed to treat each other. You're making something for somebody. You, you, you give it the hospitality. You treat them right. You give them just as way, the, the way you would treat yourself. You treat them the same way. Or even better. What does all this have to do with fellowship? A lot. But bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. You're going to have to deal with that in the body. People might would take things the wrong way. But you don't curse, you bless. They say what? Try to live at peace with people. 
Try to make peace. Try to live at peace. Because if you don't, the enemy comes in and he will cause a division. Try to make peace. But we have to have the mind to forgive. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Verse 16. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things. Don't be full of yourself. Associate with the humble. Be willing to associate with people who are lower than you. Bring yourself down to their level. He said, don't be conceited. Don't be full of yourself. Don't be full of pride. Be willing. That's what Jesus was. That's what Paul said. He said, I'm all things to all men. They adjusted themselves depending on who their audience was. That's what we ought to do. That's why I like playing with kids. I'm not afraid to get on the ground and roll around with the kids. I come at their level. Be, a, be willing to adjust yourself to people. And meet them at their level. Our attitude and behavior is more important than the gifts. Because there is a lot we have to put up with in the body, as I said. The love of God expressed consistently. Listen to this. The love of God expressed consistently facilitates fellowship. Oneness. You can't fake this. You cannot fake fellowship. You cannot fake oneness. People will find you out. When we genuinely love one another, and we talk about what the love, some of the things what the love of God is, what our attitude is supposed to be, what our behavior, when you genuinely love one another, we will have true fellowship. Because when you genuinely love one another, your motivation, everything you do is motivated by love to benefit the whole and not yourself. You don't have a hidden agenda. This love is the expression of the mind of Christ. He did the Father's will by humbling himself to do what the Father required. As it says in John 6.38, you don't have to turn there. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. Oh my God! Listen to this. He came to reveal the Father by allowing the Father to manifest himself through the Son. He came to do the will of the Father. And what was that? Part of it was to reveal the Father to the world. So when they talk about love and Corinthians and Romans, that's the Father. The way He was, He loved the people. Remember when He said, when He went to children and they said, oh, don't bother, don't bother Jesus. He said, no, suffer the little children to come, of, come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. He welcomed, He was down at their level. The kids came, He was, and they were, He was playing with them. And when he was there in, in the tem- temple and the Pharisees came, he told them off. Well, he told them like it was. But you see, he adjusted himself according to his audience. When he, when he was on the, on, on, um, on the sermon, I'll give the sermon on the mount, and he was talking to the people, it was the Father speaking through him to the people. Because everything he said and did was the Father in him doing it. We also must have that same mind to do the will of Christ. He is the head of the body. The body obeys the head and shows oneness by doing what the head requires. Do you hear that? So Christ expressed expressed his love for the Father completely by his obedience. And we are the same way. The head who is Christ 
we express our love by obedience because the whole body is moving in line with what the head requires. That's how we express our love when the whole body is working together. In John 1, 6 through 7, 1 John 1, 6 through 7, it says that, oh my Lord, if we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie. He said, you're a liar. You're not doing the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sins. I think I quoted this. But do you understand what it's saying there? If you say you have fellow koinonia with Him, but if you, if you have koinonia with Him, you will have co- fellowship with the, with the body. But if you're upset, and you're not willing to work things out with the members in the body, you're lying. You're walking in darkness. I'm just using that as an, as an example. And the truth is not in you. True fellowship is done by faith and motivated by love. Love for the Father and the Son and love for the brethren. We seek to do the will of Jesus by knowing our function in the body and gifts given to us by the Holy Spirit so that we can benefit His body. Remember, what one does is to benefit the whole. It is never about the one or yourself. It is never about the one. So if anything you get out of all this, five weeks of fellowship, it is not about you. But if that's not enough. It's not only it's not about you. It's about how you fit in the body, recognize what it is, function in it, and then let the, the gifts operate so you can benefit the whole. So it's not about you, it's about the whole. So you, whatever you do, you do it with diligence, you do it with fervency to benefit the whole. 